Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch. I am your host, Sarah M. Chappell, and we're here today for a little 2019 year in review action. And I want to thank those of you over on Instagram who gave me some questions and some ideas of things to talk about. I really appreciate that. And if you're not following me on Instagram already, get over there, y'all at Sarah M. Chapel, S-A-R-A-H-M-C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L, linked in the show notes as always, because I'm on the stories over there all the fucking time, obsessed with the Instagram stories, pictures of my dogs, opportunities to connect. But really, podcasting is so weird because it's me speaking to you like at a different time than you listen to it. And I like that over on Instagram, we can create more of a connection. You guys can ask questions. You can tell me what you liked about the podcast. You can tell me what you want to hear more of. Um, And also on that note, before we dive into our topic today, if you really do like the show and you want more people to get to listen to this, to get the free resources to help them grow their soul-centered businesses and get to hear me say fuck with glee and all that stuff, I would be so grateful if you would go on over to iTunes and write a review. The little starred reviews are awesome, but a written review really helps people to find the show and to know that this is something that they would enjoy to help them, you know, be a witchy entrepreneur or whatever it is that we're doing here, trying to create new worlds, make money, help people, imagine new futures, low-key stuff. There's a link in our uh, show notes for that as well. So connect with me. Be my friend. Anyway year in review. Um, I'm sitting here uh, a couple days into 2020 recording this episode. And one of the sweet questions that someone asked me over on Instagram is what I was most proud of for 2019. And part of me wants to be like, I made more money. I helped more people. You know, the kind of stuff that you're supposed to be proud of as a business owner. But what I'm really proud of is the fact that I did not reach my revenue goal. What? (laughs) I know. Well, first of all, I'm a human, right? And it's okay for me not to reach my goals. Hint, it's also okay for you not to reach your goals. We talk about this in the Holistic Business Academy, and those of you who've worked with me know that I don't believe in setting goals that are like normal. I believe in setting huge fucking goals, goals that will push you to be a different kind of person, to take action that you wouldn't take otherwise. That's the whole point of a goal. It's not in achieving it, it's in who you become going towards the goal. Without goals, we have no metrics, we have no measurement, we also have no motivation. And there's this interesting thing I keep seeing uh, as we transitioned into the new year with all these folks like crapping on goals, (laughs) being like, goals are bad, just be happy as you are. And why can't we hold both of those things? Why can't we be happy with who we are and still be excited about our capacity for change or like want stuff or want to make new things or envision a different world, right? I love goals because they give us a way to move forward and to measure if we've actually taken action towards those goals. And that's what I judge myself on. Have I taken action towards this goal? Did I try? That is the metric that I use, not whether I achieved it or not. That said, I didn't meet my safety revenue goal for the year. Cool. Now, my safety revenue goal was more than double of my revenue last year. I did double uh, revenue year over year. So really, as a business owner, that's nothing to snuff at. I'm pretty fucking stoked. But I have this idea that I could like do this thing easily. And then I didn't. And I want to talk about why I'm proud about that. I'm proud about it because it became pretty clear to me in probably October that it wasn't going to happen without me really kind of making some major changes and really pushing, like 
and I think that's what this comes down to is like, I'd have to push to make it happen. I'd have to force, I'd have to effort my way to this number. And I kind of put it off. I was like, well, I have a couple launches planned. We had a, a, a kind of a silent launch and then a big launch of the Holistic Business Academy. I brought in a new round of folks for the uh, launch incubator group program. And then I knew I'd be bringing in some new coaching clients. So I was like, I mean, the revenue generation is there. Like, let's see what happens. And so it got to kind of be like December. And I was like, yeah, this isn't happening. I'm about $20,000 short of my goal. And I had a really important choice to make then. Again, am I going to hustle this? Am I going to effort it? Am I going to make it happen? And that is one of my gifts as a human. <laughs> I'm a fixer. I can make things happen. Um, or am I going to not? And there's a third piece that played in here, which is my health in 2019. And if you listen to the show, you know, you've probably heard me coughing a lot, sniffling, breathing heavy. I've had, I mean, this has been going on for years, so this isn't new, but especially this fall, I've had a lot of lung issues. Um, I have asthma and, and severe environmental allergies, and especially after my hand surgery, which kind of messed up my entire like bodily systems, um, my immune system just hasn't regulated again. So I've been sick for three, four, four months. I got sick at the beginning of September and I haven't really been not sick since then. And I had to decide, am I going to effort it? Am I going to make it? Am I going to push myself? And then I also had to decide at what cost, right? Not only would I be forcing, right? I'd have to basically come up with a new offer. And I had a cool idea, actually someone I'm still going to act on. I'm going to uh, make a mastermind for those of you that are kind of getting closer to that six-figure number or maybe surpass that and want more of a high-end intimate group experience. If you aren't familiar with the idea of a mastermind, it's really that everyone has something to offer. Everyone's bringing something to the table. So it's not group coaching. It's not like Sarah's going to tell you what to do or Sarah's going to coach you. It's more of a, a high-end community, usually smaller by application. Um, and yeah, it's about really like a different level of, of safe space and support where everyone is bringing their tools, their techniques um, to the table and their challenges and their fears. It's really beautiful. I'm in one for 2020, which I just absolutely love. And I wanted to do one. And I was like, well, yeah, that would have that would have probably covered the revenue. But at what cost? I've been sick for months. And I decided that it wasn't worth it. I decided that even with having to pay for hand surgery, even with having goals and wanting to meet my goal, achievement, Sarah, is what I call that part of myself that like wants to achieve and meet the goals. <laughs> even with that, I decided not to. I decided just to stop. I actually decided not to really sell anything for almost a month and a half or two months. I was like, all right, I'm going to pull back. I'm going to slow down. And my health was a huge factor in that because I knew if I pushed myself, I could have done it, but I would have dug myself so deep into a ditch the only reason I've been able to maintain and, and really grow, uh, we did more in Q4 or in the last four months of the year. The four months I was sick, the business did more than we did in all in 2018. <laughs> so those, uh, those last four months were pretty critical. Um, but the only reason I was able to do that is because I put my health first over everything. You know, we don't always hear that as business owners, right? We're like, oh, the customer's always right. The customer always comes first. Well, my belief is that if I don't take care of myself, I can't do shit for other people. And I know I can't as somebody who, who gets sick a lot. So I really had to make that choice. And I'm proud of that. And I'm sitting here telling you guys that I didn't make as much money as I wanted to, not by far. The business didn't really, I should say. The business and me are not the same. <laughs> um, the business didn't make as much money as, as I wanted it to. But I made the choice to slow down. 
And I did that really so that I can then speed up. I also brought on a new assistant, which I'm so excited about. They'll be listening to this episode. So I love you. <laughs> Is that creepy? I hope that's, I hope that's cool. <laughs> um, I'm really thrilled with that work so far. They're helping me here with the podcast. And she's also helping me with the customer support for Holistic Business Academy. I'm so grateful. But I didn't. I needed to get that piece in place. I needed help. And I needed to rework my schedule. I've had to adjust my pricing, cut down on clients, move things around so that I could show up and serve at a higher level for more people while still taking care of me. And that's what I'm proud of. And I want to open that door to you guys that there's something for you to be proud of that isn't what we look at. It's not shiny. It's not pretty. It's not super fun. It's not an awesome number. Oh my God, I made so much money. Oh my God, I was able to do this and that. Like, where are the places where you made the tough choices? You know, and can you be proud of those? Can you be proud of the moments when you chose something that you value more than your business? Because it's okay to value something more than your business. And it's taken me a long time to get to this place, but I do value my health more than my business because my business is fueled by me being well and able to show up and do my job. So I'm really proud of that, of not hitting my revenue goal. And again, it doesn't really mean anything. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that my ego is a little stung because I was like, no problem. <laughs> but also, I know that in reality, not meeting that goal says nothing about me. When we set goals, we set them, right? Like we're the ones deciding we want that thing. So any meeting attached to them just comes from us as a story. But I didn't meet it. So that's what I'm most proud of from 2019. And I think that's a good segue into what I want to talk about next, which is what worked and what didn't work for me in 2019. The biggest shift that happened in 2019 was the launch of the Holistic Business Academy. And that has been more successful than I, I really dared hope for. As an intuitive kind of person, I knew it was really aligned. I was working with my tarot deck to decide when to launch it. I had the, I had the inklings of the idea, I mean, probably a year or so ago. Uh, it really started to come into focus in April of 2019, but I didn't launch it until the end of September. And it all kind of came to a head. You guys have heard the story. Um, when I had my hand surgery and I was down a hand, uh, not, not still still a little bit down a hand, um, and just had that really crushing realization, which I had already known, that my entire business was dependent on me being able to show up full-time. Even though I had already started to work a little bit less, have a little bit better balance in my life, and by that I mean basically not working all the time, <laughs> not working seven days a week all the time, I was still, my income was completely tied to the number of hours that I was working still, like more, more than I wanted it to be. And at that time, my cards gave me the go-ahead to launch it, and I did. And it's given me two really great things. The first is that it has given me consistent monthly recurring revenue. And of course, it fluctuates. Uh, we'll do an episode more about membership sites uh, later this year, or maybe this month. We'll see. We'll see what I get to. Because a lot of you guys have had questions about the success of HBA. A lot of you in HBA are like, how did you do this? But that monthly recurring revenue created a sense of security that I haven't had in my business yet. Even though I've had um, a lot of financial success there and a lot of growth, it was always sporadic. And I always felt best in the months when I had a bunch of payment plans. So I knew exactly what was coming. And like I had launched a course and then had folks on coaching payment plans or something. So I was like, okay, for the next like two months, like I'm covered. I can pay my bills, you know? Those were always the places where I felt the best. And the membership has given that to me consistently. It's given me a sense of consistent comfort. And 
you know, it doesn't cover all the bills. It's not doing all the work yet, but it makes a huge difference to know with some certainty how much revenue I'll generate each month baseline. And for those of you who are starting to really feel that pull of, okay, I do, I, mean, I still love launching. I'm not giving up on launching. I launched, I launched HBA. But if you're starting to notice yourself, like I need a new product every month because I need to give people a reason to buy from me. Something like a membership site might be a good fit. And there's so many different ways to do it. You can do low price, high volume. You can do a higher price membership site. I know folks who do membership sites that are, you know, multiple hundreds of, you know, even thousand dollars. It really depends on what you're looking at. You know, HBA is a lower priced offering and that was really on purpose. Um, it's a bit of my Robin Hooding, <laughs> taking all the stuff that I've learned over the past decade and all the fancy education that I got and all the hard one lessons and sharing them with you guys. Um, but it's really offered a sense of peace and that has worked so well for me personally. There is a downside to something like a membership site. And again, we'll go more into this, but it does require constant upkeep. The great news is you get to decide what that means. I built the membership site very specifically around how I like to show up and what I am good at and what I find energizing and fulfilling versus what I think people want. And you'll hear a lot of folks, you know, always, of course, we want to figure out what our customer needs what our customers are asking for. And this is something else that worked well for me this year. So I'll get back to that in a second. But at the end of the day, if what they need is something that you are unwilling to provide or that providing it is going to hurt you, don't fucking do it. Likely there's a solution where you can provide the transformation, the solution, the problem solving that your customer needs without sacrificing yourself. So something like a membership site in particular, you want to be really clear on what your boundaries are. And I feel so good about my boundaries with my membership site. I feel so fulfilled by working with my members and community. I love you guys if you're an HBA member. Like seriously, it's just so much fun for me. And that's how I wanted it to feel. And that leads to something else that worked really well this year, which was finally listening to what people were asking for. So this might be a little bit funny for you guys, but um, I think it was a couple years ago I lose track of time. In online time, like two years is like 10 years offline. Things happen so fast. Um, but a couple years ago, or maybe it was last year sometime, I started offering these one-off business consultations. Those of you who know my background know I come from a marketing background. I've been working in sales since I was 14. Um, and I always had folks asking me questions about business ever since I started this podcast, right? I started this podcast about soul-centered entrepreneurship long before I was teaching about business. And I started offering these one-off consultations because folks would come to me for tarot readings and what they really needed were business consultations. And I got so frustrated because I was booking more business consultations than tarot readings. And I was like, don't you all know I'm a fucking tarot reader? <laughs> now, in hindsight, I can see, of course, I know those of you who have given me the immense honor of supporting you in your business do that because you know I'm a tarot reader, because you know that I'm a soul-centered entrepreneur, because you know that I have a robust spiritual practice and that I value that and I value that work. I get it. But in the moment, I had, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little bit like, I was like, come on guys, I'm a fucking tarot reader. And I was so resistant to what people were asking me for, which was more business support. And I was resistant because I had a couple stories in my head. And I wanna share them because you might have some of those things too. The first was a story that I'm a tarot reader. And I can't be a tarot reader and something else, 
right? I was like, how could I possibly do both of these things at once? I should have a clear focus. Da, 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 da. Now I'm like, well, that's stupid because my tarot completely informs how I coach. My spiritual practice completely informs how I teach. Those things are in alignment and they aren't separate at all. But at the time, they seemed separate to me and I couldn't see how to reconcile them because I was so firmly in the side of, well, I'm a tarot reader. I also had a story that I needed to have a certain amount of success in my own business before I could help people. This is an interesting one because it's partially true and the most insidious stories are partially true. You can be a consultant on businesses. You can be a consultant on anything. But if you've never done it yourself, what are you teaching based off of? If you've never gotten the result for yourself, what are you teaching based off of? And if you haven't gotten the result for yourself, that doesn't mean you can't do it, right? I mean, doctors do stuff all the time that they didn't do to themselves, <laughs> right? There's training involved. You can go to school. You can also help other people get that result, right? But if you've never helped yourself or helped someone else get that result, you might not actually be ready to, to teach people to do something. But even though I had worked in other people's businesses for years, so you could say I've gotten them the result, helped them grow their businesses, I set a benchmark that I had to make a certain amount of money in my own business before I could teach about business. And in some ways I'm grateful for it because that story led me to keep trying so many different things so that I now have a much like stronger well of knowledge to pull from, especially in Holistic Business Academy. You know, we have folks in there who do one-on-one -on -one in-person sessions. I spent a long time doing those. People who make physical products. I spent a long time doing those. People who are doing all different kinds of online business. Yep, I've been doing it. And that really does let me, not just as a coach, but also actually have that consultant strategic aspect where I understand, you know, how to price a physical product. It's really valuable. But I was getting in my own way. I was, I was, I wasn't allowing myself to do what I really wanted to do and what people were asking me to do. So I just, I want to offer that to you guys. Have you created a boundary for yourself that's actually self-created? That doesn't have to be real. You know, for me personally, I do think that getting to the place where I was full-time in my own business, generating revenue from something that wasn't related to teaching small business was really important. But the next level that I was trying to hold myself to, I won't even tell you guys, but I was like, if I don't make this much money from doing X, Y, Z, then I'm not worth talking about business. That's just fucking bullshit. We all have our stories that we act as if they're true. We act as if that's a given. Oh, that benchmark is real. And I'm going to ask you to question it. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. And what's so amazing is that as soon as I removed that benchmark, I actually started helping more people. And they started getting amazing results. People were having launches and making money, having launches and feeling good, doing cool things in their business and like loving it and helping more people. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I created a barrier that not only hurt me, it also hurt the people who need my work. And I don't like being selfish. <laughs> so that really helped me to get out of my own way. And that was a huge thing this year was really listening to what people were asking for and then getting out of my own way. And that's the kind of advice that we hear a lot in, in business land, and I repeat it myself, which is that what do people ask you about? What do people actually just naturally ask you about? And what do you love to talk about? And for me, obviously, like literally my subconscious mind created this podcast, or my actual mind created this podcast almost three years ago, but this is what I like doing. I love talking about business. You probably have something that you, people just ask you about, people come to you for advice for, people, you know, and if you're resisting it, I wonder if you've created a little boundary, a little barrier for yourself that maybe isn't real. All right, I also want to talk about what 
didn't work <laughs> this year. I think the biggest thing that didn't work really was focusing on my business. <laughs> and by that, I mean, every time I put my eye on the business almost exclusively, when I really made that my priority, I got sicker. And when I got sicker, I wasn't able to do my job. And it's been a delicate dance this year to, to balance not feeling well pretty persistently and growing the business as fast as I am. But it was really interesting to start to note that just, you know, putting all my attention on the business didn't actually help it at all. And that it actually kind of strangled it and suffocated it and, and did the same to me. I would say pretty honestly, it's only in the past few months. It was really after I ended up kind of accidentally taking all of August off, which I've talked about before. I went to Scotland with my family, which was really special, and then ended up taking almost another week off to visit my grandfather and some other things happened. And I didn't really work for a month. Or not, not really, not like I usually, definitely not like I usually do. And that finally broke me of the patterns of kind of compulsive Instagramming acting like I had to be posting every day, that I had to be doing certain things, I had to be sending certain kinds of emails or doing certain kinds of lives or, you know, as somebody who's a really skilled strategist, it's very easy to get bogged down in strategy. If you miss this thing, then you're gonna fuck it up. And I was basically gone for a month. I didn't post for a long time. I didn't do anything businessy. And August was a terrible month for me financially because <laughs> I didn't have anything. It was also the month that brought into that focus the uh, the need for recurring revenue. But September was a huge month for me. It was the best month I'd ever had. And part of it was because I just stopped spending time working on my business, posting and, and creating content and stuff, and just actually did what mattered, which was taking care of myself, getting hand surgery, whoop-de-doo, but also only focusing on revenue-generating activities. And while that's something I've been trying to do for a long time, it wasn't really until I completely unplugged and completely separated myself out that I was able to get clear on what my business actually needed from me. And it didn't need me. Y'all don't need me to post on Instagram every day. You guys don't seem to fucking care. I don't mean like, I mean, like you seem like you're happy when I say hi, <laughs> but you don't need me there every day. You need me doing what I'm best at, making this fucking podcast and fulfilling all my commitment to those of you who have invested with me and making the content that is really good when I'm inspired to make it. But I had this idea that I needed to spend more time on my business in order to make it grow. And that didn't work. It didn't work at all. So moving into 2020, I'm actually planning to work less, like actively planning. My goal is to take two days off a week. I know, crazy, right? Um, you know, and to basically to not work on the weekends unless I have a specific project in mind, right? Like if I'm launching or something, like I'm not going to be mean to myself for working more or if I've been sick and need to make up time because that's one of the gifts I give myself is taking days off if I don't feel well or moving things around on my schedule with a lot of flexibility. Um, and then I only see clients three days a week and that leaves me two days a week for, for content and growth work. And that's really important. That's really important. I need to work less, not more. And my guess is most of you do too. Now, you might have this feeling like, I didn't actually do that much in 2019. Chances are you didn't do the things that actually make a difference in the business. That is the revenue generating activities. There are three areas of my business and three areas, most likely of yours, where you actually need to focus. 
marketing that is attracting people, selling that is actually getting people to buy things from you, and then fulfilling, doing the thing you sold them. That is it. And marketing is not necessarily posting every day. It's not necessarily sending an email newsletter every week. It's not necessarily having a podcast. You get to decide. But if that marketing is just creating fluff, just creating, adding to noise, I mean, content is cheap, y'all. It is a busy, busy, overloaded world out there. Nobody needs more content. Nobody needs another Instagram photo with a filter. What we need is change. What people are hungry for is transformation and growth. So focused content that actually helps people to change their lives and helps them come closer to investing with you if they're the right fit, and then actually selling them something. Like, you gotta make them offers. That is a high-value activity. That is the revenue-generating activity, okay? If you don't do that, then you're not gonna have anything to fulfill on anyway. So my 2020 challenge to you is to get so clear on what those revenue-generating activities actually are and what they matter for you. So yeah, less time in my business has actually has actually resulted in more business because I just am not allowing the time for busy work in the same way that I used to, basically. And that gives me more time to do things I like, like exercising, which helps my lungs, which helps me not be sick, which helps me do a better job. See how it all, it all comes back to, you know, us being human beings and bodies. Another great question that I got over on Instagram was about the pacing of my business. Something that I love that, um, y'all know I love me some James Wedmore. James, I've heard James say before was, this idea that your business is is kind of like a hockey stick, right? So when you're starting, it's like super flat line, right? You're just going up a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then we kind of hit that, hit that swing up <laughs> the hockey stick where, where things just kind of skyrocket, right? It's like this compound interest is building in your business. The more, the more time, the more um, authority you develop, the more offers you put out, the better you get at writing offers and the better you get at helping people with what you do. And I feel like a lot of this year, was that very end of the flat line, like right before it starts to curve up, at least based, I mean, frankly, on numbers, but also energetically. I spent a lot, and that's because like, I spent a lot of time slogging this year, slogging to make content, slogging to come up with new offers. And it took me about half a year to realize that I was just sabotaging myself by making more work for myself. So when it comes to the pacing of the year, I worked my butt off the first six months of the year. And I'm not going to say I didn't work a lot the second six months of the year. I do um, work a fair amount, but I wasn't slogging anymore. And again, just like I mentioned before, these are all related. As soon as I started focusing just on what actually mattered, <laughs> oh my gosh, the freedom, the freedom, um, you know, like turning off my phone and like knitting and reading books every night after eight o'clock. Oh my gosh, I used to stay up like dicking around and answering questions, you know, just stuff that doesn't need to happen. Like, you know, if somebody sends me a DM on Instagram, I love DMs. I love DMs. Send me a DM. Um, but I don't need to reply like the minute it gets sent. It's okay. <laughs> you guys don't expect that of me. I created this idea that I had to be perfect and uh, auto responsive like all the time. So the pacing of the business, the pace of business went up dramatically. And again, the last four months of the year, as I said, we, we generated more revenue in the last four months than we did in all of um, 2018. And that pace was was coupled with me actually stepping back and giving myself more breathing room. So I've also noticed that pattern for my business in general, though. And I used to think it had to do with the seasonality. Like people are more are spending more money in, in the fourth quarter with the holidays. People are investing in themselves more, looking towards the new year, that kind of thing. 
I also think that I just am a fall baby. And so when fall hits, I'm super creative, I'm super focused, and it's just my best season to work. So that's part of that pacing as well. And I imagine that your mileage may vary there. Um, Something I did notice, though, it's just like the past couple of years, August has just sucked for me. As I said, I didn't really work this year, but August is just not a good month for me. And I think next year I'm just going to take it off. Right? Can you imagine? I guess uh, you'll have to hold me accountable, ask me if I actually just take, like, consciously take off August next year, you know, except for probably doing like HBA calls or something. But that would be so cool. I'm like, I don't, it, it's not a big revenue month. What if I just like took it off? We'll find out. <laughs> I mean, that sounds, you, you know, that sounds insane to me, by the way, lest you think that I'm like super comfortable with an idea that made my entire body just twinge. <laughs> so the pacing was really, you know, about building momentum over time. And I'd say that is maybe the last thing I want to mention today in this kind of year in review bit is that I've heard, I heard for years, people say, you're building momentum, you're building momentum. When things click, they'll click, right? And some folks do that really fast. Um, there's a woman in the mastermind I just joined who had been in business for a couple of years, kind of really struggling. And then all of a sudden it hit and she went from like, I mean, just insane, like 60000 a year to $400,000 last year. That's a big jump. So it's not so much that it has to take a lot of time, but we do tend to have to build up a certain kind of a momentum. And so little of that actually has to do with customers and forward-facing things. And so much of that has to do with our ability to keep moving forward when we don't get what we want. And I think that for me in 2019... There were a lot of things that didn't go the way I wanted them to. There were a lot of things that I thought were unfair. Not that they were actually unfair, but like that, you know, just kind of hit me. And I was like, oh, that's not fair. I've tried so hard. <laughs> like, you know, I, I'm a human. I have egos. I have little little rants and little little rages, little, tamp, you know, temper tantrums. But I've gotten so much better over the years in feeling those feelings, releasing them, and getting back to work. So when we look at something like pacing and building momentum in business is so much of it is just how much more quickly can we come back to center? I was talking about this with a client the other day, and I think kind of the idea of meditation is such a great metaphor for this. We're in all parts of our lives. What is the center in your business? What is the, the thing that you come back to in meditation? You know, for me, because of my <laughs> allergy problems, breathing through my nose can be really hard. So I tend to breathe. I'm a mouth breather. What do you want me to say? I breathe through my mouth, and when I'm meditating, I focus on the feeling of my breath over my tongue, okay? That's what I come back to. And I'm not a great meditator. My mind is, my mind wanders like crazy. But we have to have that place that we come back to in our business, that place that after we have a great win or a perceived failure that we come back to, back to center, so we can start again. I have gotten better at better in coming back to center, and for me, it's always about stepping back into service, finding somebody I can help. You guys have seen me do it. I'll be like, hey, what questions do you have about this on Instagram? And I'll respond to you or I'll use them to turn them into a podcast episode. I come back to you guys and I say, what can I do to help you? That's my center. What can I do to help you? What can I do to help you feel better? What can I do to help you get in action? What can I do to help you create the life you want? That's my center. Figure out what your center is in your business. I'm going to suggest service as a place to start, <laughs> figuring out, you know, what your audience needs and then fulfilling it. Maybe it's not even in business, right? Maybe it's doing volunteer work or, or something so that you can just get out of your phone fucking brain. But that is really what pacing is in business. It's how quickly can we bounce back and get back on track? 
And the better you're able to do that, the better your pacing will go. And the more you'll build up on that momentum so that you are seeing more revenue, more sales, more people that you're helping without more effort. I think that's all we've gotten for today. Unfortunately, my voice is about to go again. But I hope that this has offered a little bit of insight into how I'm thinking about my 2019. And, you know, I guess I'll, I'll leave with my 2020 goal. How's this sound? <laughs> my 2020 goal is to 4x my business this year. That's my goal. And what that really looks like is helping probably five to 600 people this year. And I'm really excited about that. The idea that there are five or 600 business owners that I can support and help them give back to their communities, to their families, to create beautiful, sustainable ways of growth and change. Businesses that actually help us, uh, even if we're sick, even if we're challenged, that help our communities, help our world. That gets me excited. So that's my 2020. I hope this episode has served you well. And uh, come on over to Instagram and let me know if anything in particular struck you, especially some of those things about those beliefs and stories. Did that bring up anything for you as you look at your 2019? And uh, can you think of something to be proud of that maybe is, you know, not what you would expect? All right, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Bye.